0: Hey, what's up, gang? Cole right here alongside Ryan Shazier and our special guest, Kaitlin Jones. And today we're taking a look at the epic Monday Night Football matchup between Baltimore and Cleveland. We're going to break down how to fix Ryan Steelers and reveal which teams, if any, can beat those Kansas City Chiefs. All that and more coming up next right here on the Tuesday edition of the Ringer NFL Show. Today's episode of the Ringer NFL Show on the Ringer Podcast Network is brought to you by State Farm. Getting great car and home insurance from State Farm at a surprisingly great rate? Well, that's like drafting a player that becomes an all-pro. The real deal. State Farm agents provide personalized service so you can customize your insurance to fit your needs, like a GM putting together their very own roster. You need a team that supports you, and State Farm's got a great one. In addition to agents, the award-winning mobile app helps manage coverage, pay bills, file claims, and more. With a great price and even greater service, State Farm goes from strength to strength. Well, it's another Tuesday three-man weave. It's myself, Cole Wright, Ryan Shazier, and Kalen Jones. And guys, I know you were on the edge of your seats last night for a little bit of Monday Night Football. And Ryan, I know that one was a game that you were watching particularly close because, of course, it, it was an AFC North matchup. I mean, does it get any better than that? The Baltimore Ravens and the Cleveland Browns. A shootout from start to finish, even though Lamar Jackson had to make a run to the the locker room for whatever it may have been. He said he had cramps. You know, uh, social media said that he may have had a case of the bubble guts. Who knows what it is? But one thing I do know is that man came out of the locker room and got his team that big-time W. That was huge, right?
2: I'm going to be honest, man. It's crazy that that was a shootout, and it was, like, all rushing touchdowns. You know, like, like, normally it's, like, so many passing touchdowns that go out throughout the game. And he broke the NFL record for what are most, much, are tied for most rushing touchdowns in NFL history, and that was in like 1922, and that wasn't even considered the NFL back then. So, like, this is crazy, you know. So, now this is crazy, but uh, it really shows you like the, the NFC—I mean the AFC North—when it comes to football, how uh, when we got when we got all three three teams rolling, man, it's it's a tough division to win in. And uh, yeah, I was definitely watching this one close, man. Uh, when Trace McSorley went out there, it kind of—I was like, hey, man. Man, we don't need the Browns winning this game right now. You know, the, the Steelers <laughs> trying to pull off with the division. And Trace McSorley sorely in. And I'm like, hey, man, you straight up Penn State. But uh ain't yeah. <laughs> 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 you know, no, it today. You ain't
0: The thing one. that I loved is when Lamar Jackson came in and he said he was watching back in the locker room. And he said, yeah, I saw my man Chase Money go down. Like, how often does a, an MVP have a nickname for his backup? I mean, I, I haven't seen that too much, Kalen.
3: No, I don't, I don't, I, I don't recall a single time. I know that, you know, Aaron Rodgers got a good relationship with his backups, but I, I can't think of another time where, you know, you got a superstar like Lamar Jackson, yeah. who's caping for some, somebody like Trace McSorley, who, and, and, you know, honestly, it, it shows that the Ravens really need to make an investment at backup quarterback. I know this is not the point of this show, but, you know, they need to think about getting somebody like Kelamon out, Texas a you know, someone that's mobile, someone that can throw the ball, you know, Trace McSorley just wasn't it. And like Ryan said, it was looking pretty shaky for a second when Lamar Jackson was out of the game there because I wasn't too confident that they were going to be able to hold him off until he you know, made his sprint back from the bathroom or the yeah. locker room and, <laughs> and came back into the game.
0: Yeah, and Ryan, you know, one thing, like you said, you know, you, you, to see a game that has shootout-type numbers, but you know it was all about the rushing touchdown, but when Lamar Jackson came back in the game, I mean, it was, it was hard to not notice that what was he doing? He, he wasn't running. He was throwing the ball, and, and that's what got that team to win.
2: Yeah, no, that was that was crazy. Uh, when you know when Trace went down, I was like, uh, "Who's coming in?" RG three, you know, because uh, you know I, I haven't seen the RG three site in a while. So when when Trace got hurt, I was like, "Man, uh, so what are what are they going to do?" You know, they was up by fourteen, then they ended up being down by one, and then you know Lamar comes in, and you're like, "Hold up, what like what's going on?" And then the thing is that that that's crazy is we seen Lamar of last year. You know, Lamar this year, he hasn't been playing like himself. Or he's been playing like himself, but people are starting to figure him out a little bit. Yeah. But last year, you know, he was getting out of pocket, making things happen. and still kind of keeping his eyes downfield. And it, it really showed right there. You know, it was a, miss, a, mess, a mishap in coverage. But uh, Lamar, you know, MVP Lamar found a way to make it work. And, uh, you know, he pulled his Superman cape out and, and won him the game.
0: Yeah, Kaylen. you know what, man? I'm not going to lie. I know this isn't a fantasy football show, but uh, I was going last night in, in the semifinals. I was going up against Kareem Hunt and Jarvis Landry. I was down by like 26 points, and I said, I just need these guys to not have games today. And what happened? Oh, my goodness gracious sakes alive. Kareem Hunt, I mean, he was punching in the end zone every turn of the way, whether it was he or Nick Chubb. I mean, that running game for Cleveland, even though they lost this one, it's looking pretty potent right now down this backstretch.
3: No, and that's exactly what they needed to be. You know, the, the Browns have probably the best one two punch when you talk about running game in the NFL. When you look at Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt, what those guys have been able to do this year, they're both on track. You know, the rush for a thousand yards. That would be the first time, I believe, since you know, the Carolina Panthers had the duo Jonathan Stewart and D'Angelo Williams. So, you know, the Browns' running game, you know, it's their bread and butter, and it's really what makes their passing game. So we fish, you know, allows Baker Mayfield to get into play action, allows him to settle down the pocket, keeps him from, you know, being under pressure because defenses have to account for what the Browns are able to do in terms of the running game. So, you know, as long as they have that going for them, I know, like Ryan talked about earlier, like this is the first time most NFL rushing touchdowns we have in a single game since, what, nineteen twenty. But, you know, there's a reason for that. You know, the Browns are dominant in terms of what their offensive line has been able to do, both, you know, in pass protection and run blocking. So it really makes them a dynamic threat, you know, going down the stretch. And I'm really, you know, interested to see because we saw last year a run-heavy team like Tennessee, you know, maybe they had a pretty solid offensive line. But when you look at this one-two punch and then plus what their quarterback can do as a result, Baker Mayfield, when he gets it going, you know, he's a little bit better than Ryan Tannehill when he gets it going, in my opinion. And so I think when you have that one-two punch plus a Baker Mayfield, I think it really makes them an interesting team going down the stretch, especially when they can hang in a shootout like this where you're able to drop 42 points. I think that was really the biggest uh, telling difference for me because in that first matchup early in the year, you know, we saw the Ravens blow them out 38 to six, you know, next time. Cleveland shows up, they, they were ready to play. Even though Lamar Jackson went out and they were down by 14 points, they were able to keep up.
2: You know, the biggest thing to me, I feel like the biggest game changer for this offense, and a lot of people are going to be mad at me because this dude is an all-generational talent. Their offense really changed around, obviously when Nick Chayles came back, but when Baker and uh, Odell went out, their offense changed up. Yep. And I feel like they understood, like, hey, like let's not lean on Baker and the receivers, let's lean on these running backs. And it's really showing that this team and his coaching staff really evolved to understand, like, what's best for the team, what works well, and they're really figuring things out. But uh, I, I can't agree with you. I, I can't take Baker right now over Tannehill. I'm sorry. Wow. <laughs>
0: okay. Beef in the streets. It's Ryan Tannehill. It's like a versus battle. It's
3: like Keisha Cole
0: versus Ashanti. Let's just hope this one doesn't oh, get that, postponed or not canceled. on the
3: same level. Not on yeah, the same you know, level I don't, at all. I don't know, I don't know. <laughs> who would have won that one,
0: Keisha Cole or Ashanti. I mean, I heard that Keisha Cole, not a great live singer. Ashanti. Maybe a little bit deeper catalog. It it would have been a live battle. got more hits. Yeah, it would have been a live battle. (laughs) So uh, maybe Keisha Cole would have taken a back seat in that one. But you know the the marriage between Kevin Stefanski and Baker Mayfield, it seems to be a match made in heaven right now. And and Ryan, I don't know if Kevin Stefanski was listening to our Tuesday uh, edition of the show earlier in the season, but you and I spoke about it earlier. We talked about the fact that Baker, he needs to be more of a point guard instead of that superstar quarterback. And that's exactly what we're seeing. He's not, he doesn't need to be the guy right now who makes all the plays for his team to win the game. And I know that they were defeated last night. We saw Baker Mayfield with that rushing touchdown, got all nice and excited. But the one thing we're seeing him do right now is we're seeing the offense not necessarily go directly through him. It's going through that run game. And like Kalen said, Ryan, I mean, this run game right now, it's one of the most potent we've seen in a long time. You go back to Carolina, you go back to New Orleans, Alvin Kamara and Mark Ingram. These guys, I mean, they're a one-two combo. There's no doubt about it. Thunder and lightning.
2: Yeah, you know, To me personally, like I told you, this guy's at the beginning of the year. Obviously, it's another guy in Tennessee getting 200 yards a game because nobody in the NFL wants to tackle yeah. him. But I really still feel like Nick Chubb is the best running back in the NFL. Like when it comes to like just strictly running the ball, you know, like Nick Chubb, he breaks linebacker tackles, D line tackles, yeah. DB tackles. You know, he's shifty. You know, he, he's a fast. He's he's decently fast. With Derek Henry, he's just like a giant running playing football. So it's like a lot of guys look at him and it's like <laughs> a <"Man>, giant. It's <laughs> like like we like think about it. Like hey, Kayla, how, how big are you though?
3: Five seven and one hundred thirty five pounds.
2: Yeah, well, that, that's not a good example. All right, uh, Cole, Cole how, 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 how good are you? How, how tall are you, brother? How tall are
0: you? Six brother?
2: four. You, you six four? Yeah, six four, two twenty. See, well, you that's nah, not that's not a good example either. So, well, like, I, how about this though? Derrick Henry, back in the day,
0: when, when I did the morning show at NFL Network, Derrick Henry came in, fresh off his Heisman campaign, right yeah. before the draft. He came in. It was like it was like five thirty in the morning. He sits down next to me on set, and I was like, "Damn, man!" Like why you got to come in here and make me look like Mark Ingram at the national championship game? Like, I know you remembered, I know you remember that picture. And he looked at me and was like, no laughter, no nothing, strictly business. And that's what I've seen right now. I, mean, I said that when it's all said and done with Derrick Henry would be the best running back out of his draft class. Oh, not Zeke Elliott, right, no disrespect to Zeke. Oh
2: no, no, I feel or, it. I feel it. Yeah. But the thing yeah, yeah. is, the, the reason, the reason I said that that's not a good example is because most DBs are like six, one, six okay. foot. And like 180-ish, 175-ish. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So like both of y'all is like not good example. <laughs> so like <laughs> so, like that that's why, I, that's why I said like that. But like if you see a guy that's 6'5, 240, and you're six yeah. foot, 180, you're like, I'm not about to tackle you. Like yeah. Michelle, because cause, cause Michelle's like, Ryan, you say Derrick Henry, he's a good player, but he's not all that good. And I'm like, Michelle, when you watch him play, when he goes against linebackers and D-linemen, they tackle him. When he goes against DBs, you just see them flying across the field, like, like diving away, and it's because like they're just like, man, I'm just gonna attempt to make a tackle. But to me, I feel when it, when when DBs and linebackers and everybody actually try to not tackle Nick Chubbs, he's like, yo, get off of me, like you know. But when with guys that are DBs try to tackle Derrick Henry, obviously he still get off of me, but he's just so much bigger than them guys. But like I, just me personally, when it comes just to running back his skill of running back, I think Nick Chubb is the best.
0: Well, you know Ryan, I'd say if you go back about 3 4 weeks ago, I'd say the, the one team that could could take him down and he he would be no match for, I I would have said that would have been the Pittsburgh Steelers. But uh after the last 2 weeks, I I mean there seems to be a fly in the ointment right now. Now, I'm not saying this team isn't still on a Super Bowl trajectory. However, There are a few things that need to be fixed. Maybe they need to go to Midas and get one of those little tune-ups, have them lift up the hood and see what's going on. Because at the last look, this Pittsburgh Steelers team is leaking oil, man. What's up?
2: We're leaking oil because we got a lot of people hurt. But I'm not going to use that as an excuse because it's a lot of people that have a lot of people hurt. You know, it's a few things that they definitely have to work on. And I feel like at the beginning of the season, it still has really had – everybody was like, man – They have to make sure Ben is healthy, Let's run the ball, and, you know, then Ben, you know, he gets the ball out quick and we're going to make things happen. Then everybody's seen Chase Claypool's going for 10 touchdowns, Juju's going for 100, Deontay Johnson's going crazy. So then they're like, oh, we got receivers. Let's go out here and pass the ball. And it was like at the beginning of the season, I think James started the season off with like four straight 100-yard games. You know, like we were running it really well. And then once we start figuring out hey Ben is healthy we got receivers let's go out there and let's go out there and throw the ball it's like they forgot who James Conner is it's like I, and and to me I feel when we go back to how we were playing at the beginning of the season that's when we were scoring 27 points 25 points a game when we were giving the ball to James about 15 20 times a game giving it to Benny Still about 5 10 times a game and then Ben would throw it about 25 30 times a game when we're throwing it 60 times a game, we're not even establishing any type of run. And when we're at shotgun, you it's like you know we're not running the ball. like Because the D line the old lineman, it's hard to get any type of push when the dude that is 350 pounds across from you or 230 or 300 or whatever is across from you and they're in the three-point stands, and you're at two-point stance, you're telling me, hey, push this guy back. It's like he already has natural leverage on you. So I feel like when the, the team gets back to Hey, I understand Ben is our guy. Ben is our $30 million guy, but let's lean on his running back. Let's lean on these running backs. Get us, some, get us some yards, get an out formation, get a single back, and then we do some play action or we do some, you know, short passes or, you know, we surprise people. Yep. Every time we throw the ball, it's not a surprise to anybody, and we, everybody knows exactly how we're throwing it. If we get back to how we started the season, our team was, is, is dangerous. But when we're, when we're playing the way we are now, it's very predictable.
0: Yeah, I like the way you keyed it on that offensive line. I know Booger McFarlane at halftime the other day, he said that the offensive line for Pittsburgh, they've been playing soft, plain and simple. That's what's going on up front with this team right now. They're not running the ball like they were a few weeks back, and it just seems to be a different game plan than what they've had before. You know, Ben Roethlisberger with those quick passes. It's sometimes not allowing some of those big-time jackpot plays to really materialize. And, you know, you said it, that Ben's out there throwing the ball 60 times a game, and then you have on, on on the receiving end, you have Deontay Johnson dropping about 15 balls a game by the looks <laughs> of it. And, you know, I was watching that man, Kalen, uh, on the sideline, and I don't know if you're an old classic rock fan at all, but the, the only thing I could think of when I saw him looking at his hands on the sideline is, One is the loneliest number that you've ever seen because he was a man alone on the sideline, a man on an island. I can only tell to be alone with your frustrations like that on national TV. It's not an easy thing to do.
3: No, not at all. And You know, like, there's a whole debate about whether or not, you know, like, for football players, kind of, like, sit them out in, in basketball, like, whether or not you should take them out of the game and then just have them kind of sit there and think about, you know, yeah, dropping shooter, the ball. Shooters got to shoot. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Like, you should put them back out there. DeAndre Johnson, you know, he, he, you know, he leads the league in drops, definitely, you know, needs to get back into, you know, being a productive pass catcher. But the reason why, you know, it, it's really fascinating. Like, the Steelers have really, you know, transformed their offense to cater to. know, Ben Roethlisberger, you know, getting the ball quick. Ryan mentioned earlier, like he's been healthy this year, but it's because of what they've done, you know, the way that they've structured their pass game. He's getting the ball out in 2.29 seconds, you know, per attempt. That's the quickest in the league. At least for me, I'm used to growing up watching Ben Roethlisberger sit in the pocket. You know, you always marvel at him because the reason why they call him Big Ben Dude takes twenty million defensive t- tackles. Even the linemen, they'll be hanging all over, him. they'll still chuck the ball fifty yards downfield. Completely different offense this year, and so it's really you know important and key. You know the reason why there's so much frustration from Ben is because these guys are dropping the ball so often. You know you have Eric Geron who's got a lot of drops, uh, Juju Smith schuster has got a few drops, Deontay Johnson. You know the passing game really relies, and it, it's fascinating because you know Tom Brady and Ben Roethlisberger have kind of flipped because we're so used to seeing Tom Brady operate in a very surgical, you know uh to crossers short action middle of the field type of passing game and now he's in a you know bruce arian system where they're mentioned go downfield ben roethlisberger is now in the system where he's required you know get the ball out quick get it to his guys and let them run after the catch you know i think it's a success you know in terms of keeping him healthy it's done the job but in terms of production like ryan mentioned their running game has not been there You know, James Conner's only rushed for over 80 yards since week six once, and that was against the Jacksonville Jaguars. So their running game has been non-existent. You guys mentioned the offensive line. But, you know, I I really think that, you know, until their offense really gets in sync, until they figure out how to balance things, you know, I, I know that we, you know, even for me, like I really, you know, enjoy when passing games are really, you know, at least offenses rely on the passing game. I think that's the most effective way to go about things. But until the Steelers' running game gets back, It makes them, you know, at least competent um, uh, on the offensive side of the ball. It's questionable. You know, it makes them a suspect team moving forward. I'm not sure if we can trust the Steelers until their passing game, their running game, you know, get back in sync.
0: Wow, back-to-back L's, and right now we're calling them a suspect team. Uh, Ryan, what do you think? Because when it comes to some of these guys who are dropping passes, you know, I I, I I commented on Booger talking about the offensive line, but then his counterpart, Randy Moss, said, what do these guys need to do? Some of these pass catchers, they need to go back to basics. They need to, Randy said, they need to get on the ball machine and go out there and catch 100 balls before the game and, and after the game and during practice. And You don't ever hear about Gatsby. And if there's anyone you can listen to when it comes to knowing how to go out there and catch a football and putting in that extra work, it's Randall Gene Moss, because Randy, we know he was the first one to show up at the facility, last one to leave, and he would get to the facility pretty much after he caught a few fish, because we know Randy's country is cornbread. He's out there. He's trying to catch <laughs> something each and every single morning, no matter what team he was on.
2: Man, it's, he has a, a whole set, like logo, saying whatever you want to call it after him. His He has something called Moss. Like, yep. you Moss somebody. They all say, you Deontay somebody. like yep. You know what I'm saying? Like,
0: or you you rice somebody? No you disrespect to Jerry somebody. Rice, but Randy yeah. Moss for for but bang you know for your buck, Randy Moss might be as hey. good as it gets.
2: No, right, one hundred percent. And the thing mm-hmm. is, like I'm looking at these stats right now. Since we played the Ravens, we haven't ran the ball more than 18 times for the rest of the season. Like yeah. at the beginning of the season, we we played Tennessee. Tennessee James had did, did Coach Tomlin steal Matt Nagy's playbook? <laughs> I don't know, I don't know what playbook he stole, but like he had he had 82 yards rushing, and we had 94 yards rushing. If you have 94 yards rushing in the football game, that's a good rushing game. Like that's that's decent, you know. And then once we played Tennessee, after that, it's just like, all right, we're not. like James got nine carries, then he gets, then he gets 15 carries. It's just like, man, like get get a man a chance at the beginning of the season before before the Raven game. The Steelers were running the ball at least 25 times a game, like once. What's the, the, t- the Tennessee game? And after that, it's like, all right, forget it. We're not running it no more. And, it's, and, and we were getting 100-plus yards rushing from week seven um, and before. So it's just like right now, I don't, I don't understand. Uh, I just seen some on Instagram, and it was hilarious. You know, social media is undefeated. Yeah. They had a picture <laughs> of Deontay, and Deontay is a, a good guy, you know, super. You know, obviously, he, he's frustrated with himself. And I think sure. that coach sitting him out.
0: He'll, he'll figure really, it out.
2: No, he's gonna figure it out because the second half of the game he didn't drop anything. And right. then I really feel if Deontay played the whole game, it would have made a difference because he is a playmaker on our team. But the fact that coach had to sit him out because, you, like, you can't do this. If you're going to be a top tier player in the league, you can't do this. But um, I seen some on Instagram. It had the Rock. Remember the picture of the Rock when he was like in the in like turtleneck. the turtleneck. Yeah. <laughs> and a picture of the Rock in the turtleneck. Then he had Deontay face. Yeah, Deontay face on it, and it said, "Deontay the Drop Johnson." That was the funniest wow. thing I seen this whole weekend. And it, it, obviously, it, it's like, damn, you know, like, like you never want to be in that position, but like in that moment, it was definitely like, oh shit, that caught me off guard. That's funny as hell,
0: you know. Yeah, I don't know if you ever knew this though, but if you take a look at that picture, the Rock, he thought he was so clean, so smooth in his turtleneck and chain, that he had a napkin underneath his elbow where he was leaning on that on the wall. Go back and look at that picture. He has a <laughs> napkin under his elbow because he didn't want that that glorious turtleneck to get dirty at all. I, hey, I, I, I don't know. You,
2: you ain't, you ain't, you're not lying. I'm looking yeah, at it He, right he now. legit has a
0: napkin <laughs>
2: underneath. I'm like, where are you leaning at
0: that you need to... <laughs> oh, no. Oh, man. no. Why'd they have to do that to my man, Deontay? But, you know, when, when, Ryan, when you take a look at this team needing to right the ship, is it just the fact that they need to get the run game back on track or is it Ben needs to become a little less predictable? Is, is that what you're seeing? Because if I read between the lines, I think that's exactly where Kalen and I are leaning right now.
2: To me, I think it's a, a combination of both. I think before the season, when we, when we you know, when we dropped 38 on the, on, the, on the Browns, you know, and beat them by that much, and we dropped 38 on the Eagles and 28 and, you know, obviously these teams aren't super, super great, but we, we dropping all these points. When we were doing that, guys didn't know when we were going to pass it and when we were going to run it. Uh, like we'll get a ball to James. We'll have J- uh, JJ. We'll have Derek Watt. You know, it's TJ, JJ, and then Derek. It's like yeah, why, just name him DJ. You know, <that> <laughs> <laughs> we'll have we'll have Derek Watt. I've
0: ordered that myself
2: too. We'll have Derek Watt in uh, at fullback, and then you know, power, power, power. James is going to pop one. Or we'll have you know, I back Benny Snell, you know, or something, and then play action deep ball chase. But that's 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 what works, you know. When we go quick game, quick game, quick game, Deontay, 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 Deontay Chase, like we know that's coming. Like obviously, because you're not running the ball, and we don't have any play action. We know you're gonna either run a screen, you're running a slant, bomb, screen, slant, bomb, screen, That's all we running. Like it's like all oh, we running. It's like double screen, double slant. It's like It's like, come on, man. Like, Randy, like, I understand we're trying to get the ball out quick, but like, you're getting paid to be to help us be one of the best offenses in the league. And at the beginning of the season, we were that. At at the end of the season, we looking very predictable. Like, we're on some college type offense that's running the same plays over and over and over and over again. We're not going to be successful in the playoffs if we do that. We got to go back to the basics and and get back to when still the football was good. When you run the ball and focus on running it. And then obviously Ben is going to air it out, you know, but we, we got to allow people to see that hey, we're running the ball and we're not focused on just passing. It. Like we're not going to win any championships like that.
0: It seems to be a personal plea from Ryan Shazier to Randy Fechner right there. When, you know, When you talk about that game plan.
1: This episode is brought to you by State Farm. There's no better feeling than a personal win. And the State Farm personal price plan can help you do just that.
4: See website for details.
0: You know, as I'm looking at this collision course, and it, it it almost looks as if it's going to be AFC championship game, everything shake out Steelers, Kansas City Chiefs. And if the Steelers, if they don't get things, uh, you know, uh, on the right track, then they're going to be left behind once they do face off against that Kansas City team. Because right now, all I see from Kansas City is, is gas being thrown on a fire. Kalen, this team offensively, they're as good. their run game is solid, their pass game is solid, everything, all three facets. Defense, even though that defensive unit for Kansas City, they usually play their opposition, they're playing their opposition just like they need to, and they're going out there and they're getting wins. That's something that Pittsburgh is not doing right now. Do you see anybody being able to beat this Kansas City Chiefs team? Um, Short answer, absolutely
3: not. But for the either. sake but for the sake of the segment, um, if we we're gonna make an <laughs> argument just, if we we're gonna make an fun. argument for the exactly just for mm-hmm. fun, you know. Um, you know, Chiefs are the best team, you know, uh in, in the league by far. And, you know, this year and probably, you know, this is gonna be a debate for a few years. But, you know, again, for the sake of this segment, if I were gonna pick a team out of the AFC that was gonna be able to compete with them, it's gonna be the Buffalo Bills. And okay. I I, okay. I look at Josh Allen can sling I was it. not I was not a believer. I was like everybody else. You know, there's a lot of people still hanging on to it. Like Josh Allen is not a good quarterback. Look at the talent has always been there. The talent has always been there. Guys, tremendous arm talent due to six foot five is a tank can run like a deer. The talent has always been there. It's the fact that he's been so erratic. It makes the really boneheaded. What are you doing? Decisions like it back in that playoff game last season that, that, oh, that almost cost him a game. You know, he, he's one. He's gotten more accurate as a pass. That's the biggest thing. Secondly, you have that defense starting around in the form. They forced turnovers in all but three games this year. You know, really, last, and last week against Pittsburgh, their pick six was really what sparked, you know, them coming back in the game and ended up going on the win. When you have that, plus the capability of Josh Allen to go off, and it's such a, you know, and football is such a QB driven sport. Where if you have the most talented guy at that position, anything can happen. Just look at the Kansas City Chiefs; literally had three interceptions last week from Patrick Mahomes. But because of what he's able to do within a th- three touchdowns within a three minute span, you know Josh Allen isn't capable of that. But in terms of what they're able to do with their receiving core, when their running game is there, when their defense is able to first turnovers, I'm not sure if there's a better, you know, potential Ooh. at least high potential, you know, caliber uh, opponent outside of Buffalo right now. And I know that they played each other early in the year, but I think it could be a completely matchup that they face off in the playoffs.
0: You're a man after Chris Berman's heart.
3: Look, look,
0: listen. Nobody (laughs) circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills. I'm going (laughs) Buffalo Bills, San Francisco 49ers. That seems like, that's his pick every Every single year. year. And (laughs) I don't think he's going to make good on the NFC side, but who knows the way the Bills are playing right now, Caitlin, like you said, that looks to be the team that can challenge Kansas City. Ryan, what, what do you think, man? Because- Looking at Josh Allen, I wasn't a believer at first either, but the one thing that's undeniable, that guy, Josh Allen, he can throw that football through a brick wall, man.
2: The thing is, for me, I only think it's two teams in the NFL that can beat the Chiefs. And the Bills, I think are one of them. Okay. And 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 then the Steelers. I'm going to go over this. I'm going to talk about the Steelers in a little bit. <laughs> okay. I'm talk about the Steelers in a little bit. Now, but the Bills, like, like they really, they really have, and I feel like they have the pieces. uh, Their defense is starting to get back healthy. They're starting to play well. And then Sean McDermott's always had a good defense. So the fact that, you know, that their defense is actually playing like they were last year and starting to get turnovers and starting to change things around, I think that could really be uh, a weapon for the Chiefs. The thing is, I love Mahomes. I love Mahomes. But people don't act like Mahomes doesn't have the best roster kind of put together also. You know, it's like if Mahomes didn't have the fastest guy in the world on his team or like, three of the fastest guys in the world. He'd the still be fantastic, Ryan. No, he he will. He will. <laughs> he will. No, 100%. I'm not <laughs> right. throwing any shade on Mahomes. I'm just saying, but like, Mahomes has the strongest arm, and then you have the fastest guy. Imagine if Josh Allen had the fastest guy. Like, he had overthrown a lot of passes when he played us. If he had Tyreek Hill, that's a touchdown. You know, and this is like, you know, and then if you overthrow Tyreek Hill, well, he's not going to overthrow McColl Herman, or, or he's not going to overthrow... Sammy Watkins, you know, it's like, and then, oh, I have uh, the best tight end in the league too. It's Mm -hmm. like, like they said, I think the Chiefs are about to have three guys on their team in the ninety nine club in Madden. It's like, like, (laughs) like, and they're all office. It's like this is not like this is fair, but it's not fair. Like, it's not fair. Like, you know, it's it's like it's (laughs) It's not not fair. fair. You know, so, but I honestly think that the, the the Bills they have the secondary they keep up with them and then they're just going to have to start getting more pressure on, on uh, the quarterback. The the difference between, you know, Ben and the difference between Ben and Mahomes, Mahomes holds the ball a lot longer because obviously he's trying to throw the ball 80 yards. But, uh, but I think that the bills could keep it interesting. And then they have the weapons. And if Stephon Diggs play, like he played last week, it's going to be a problem because they don't have anybody on the chiefs that can guard him. Not one person. You know, and as Did a, you see that you know,
0: tweet? I tweeted out during the game. I said, Stefan Diggs every day when he wakes up and realizes he's no longer on the Minnesota Vikings. And it was that Denzel Washington. <laughs> yeah. He was like,
2: woo, yeah.
0: woo, Because, I mean, <laughs> yeah. he, he, he certainly found a home in Orchard
2: Park. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. And the thing is, like, I feel at the beginning it's like people were trying him. Like, man, Thielen's better than Diggs. da 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 And I was like, Thielen's, Thielen's good, man. But i see seen Diggs in college and I, I don't know why he went fifth round. Like, you know? Like, yeah, <laughs> but... Diggs is really. I feel like Diggs is just trying to show everybody. Like, I know I have a big contract. I know I have something to prove. Like, people are trying me too much, and now I have a quarterback that actually likes to throw the ball. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, you're like Kirk Cousins is good, but like, I don't feel like Kirk Cousins is worth all the money Kirk Cousins is getting. Me personally. Oh,
0: okay. You know, well, so. what about what about this one? Say if, if the next matchup for your Pittsburgh Steelers were versus the Kansas City Chiefs. The Who wins is- that one? Who wins that one? Do they have enough right now in the tank to take out Patrick Mahomes in Kansas City? Mm.
2: The reason I feel like they have enough in the tank is because whenever Coach Tomlin plays uh, Andy Reid, not plays, coaches against Andy Reid, sure. it's always a really good game, and Coach Tomlin normally gets the edge. That's, a, that's one reason I like him. Another reason I like him is our defense is still good enough to, to make us get turnovers that keep us in the game. As long as we're in the game, I think we have enough firepower to win the game. But I just I, that's that's why I feel like we can beat them. The reason I don't feel anybody in the NFC can beat them is because they don't have any defense. And if you're trying to go, if you're trying to go into a schooling scoring match, Taysom Hill is not going to beat him. Taysom Hill is not going to win it. And then Green Bay, they have Aaron Rodgers, but Aaron Rodgers, I don't think he has Devonte Adams, but he doesn't technically have the weapons to beat Kansas City. I feel like they do, but – and their defense isn't – they're not playing well enough. Their, their defense is good. They have Jair and Alexander at cornerback. At yeah, but I don't feel like their defense is good enough. I feel like it still is their defense constantly. Like, even last – even last night, we didn't have Bud. If we had Bud – not last night, uh, uh, Sunday night. Mm-hmm. If we had Bud, that game was completely different, you know, like because, mm-hmm. like, they changed up their blocking schemes and it kind of slowed us down. If they had Bud, they would not been able to do that. But the fact that we are still getting a lot of pressure on them. I think it's going to really help us. So I think we can get pressure on Mahomes and not get him flustered, but get him uncomfortable. And and our defense is known for not getting beat over top. So mm-hmm. we're just going to have to we're going to make them do the boring stuff and make do long drives and things like that. And I think that's going to really help us a lot.
0: All right. Now it's funny you make mention of uh, the Saints and Taysom Hill and then Taysom Hill not being able to get it done because uh, this last weekend out there there was a quarterback on the other sideline of Taysom Hill, and uh, he goes by the name of Jalen Hurts. I, uh, I, I, I I am going to segment. I'm going to put my Miss Cleo hat on and say, the kids don't lie. Call me now. Like, Miss Cleo, <laughs> rest in peace, Miss Cleo. We know she wasn't a, a, a true Jamaican. However, the accent, as good as it gets, and so was Jalen Hurts. I, I predicted at the very beginning of the season, Ryan, I know that you don't like to hear this right now, But I said that before it was all said and done, Carson Wentz, whether or not it would be due to a lack of solid play, whether it would be due to injury. I said Jalen Hurts would be the starter for the 2020 Philadelphia Eagles before it was all said and done with Kalen. I know Ryan doesn't want to hear that, man. I I, I was on the right track.
1: You, You
2: know I had to be. Okay, so I'm, I'm guessing that's Cole's team to beat the, to beat the Chiefs because this is the same thing that we're talking about. <laughs> no, no, the only, the <laughs> only team the that can
0: beat the Chiefs is the Kansas City Chiefs as yeah, far as yeah, I'm this, concerned. That's it. That's, that's the that's only fair. team that I'm, yep. I'm going to get very philosophical right there. That's the only team that can beat Kansas City is Kansas City. Since you're, Kansas Kansas betting City. Man,
2: since you're the right. betting man, give me the feel and you take the Chiefs.
0: I'm. I'll roll with the Chiefs. I'll, I'll, roll, I'll roll with
2: Patrick with Mahomes Chiefs. all day long, oh, so, eight, so, eight days a week. All right, all right. Hundred dollar bet for both of you guys. You guys got the cheese, and I got the field.
3: Yeah, absolutely. You,
2: absolutely. you take that bet. That's a hundred dollar yeah, bet.
3: T- yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, on the Chiefs. I don't know if
2: we're allowed to put wagers down yeah, I
3: don't like know. that. We'll, yeah,
0: we'll have but... to look at the bylines. <laughs> we talked about this before fan, we do, I we do agree to that. <laughs>
2: we do fan, do. I think we're allowed to do that. We're allowed to do that, Okay,
0: think. Okay, we'll, we'll, we'll check into that. But uh, uh, Jalen, Jalen Hurts, Kalen, I yeah. mean, he's out there. He's doing the things right now that Carson Wentz was not able to do with the exact same ingredients.
3: Yeah, no, we talked about it, you know, uh, on the show, you and I, Cole, last week when he was named the starter. You know, the biggest thing for Jalen Hurts is that, you know, he makes the offense competent. Uh, the big thing coming in was that he's decisive. You know, he can buy time, uh, doesn't get, take unnecessary sacks. And, you know, you saw that against literally the Saints, who have one of the best pass rushers in the league, didn't end up taking any sacks. He wasn't amazing, but he was competent within the system, went 17 for 30, had 106, 7 yards in the touchdown through the air. And then what he was able to do with his feet, 18 carries, 106 yards. You know, it makes, it, it makes the offense, you know, so much, it looked functional. You know that that's yeah. all the Eagles have really needed this year and their defense despite losing everybody, you know, I think think they had like four or five different injuries. They had some, you know, showings from their pass rush which was great, but they went up against Taysom Hill and I think, you know, again, I, I've been beating drum for now 2 years now. We need to get off this Taysom Hill as a quarterback thing because yeah. he fumbles the ball too much, takes too many sacks. If Sean Payton wants the Saints to actually beat, you know, they would be in that conversation for, you know, possibly being able to hang with the Chiefs if they weren't playing Taysom Miller quarterback, because when they, they got James. down, that's a that's, a w. that's it. Yeah. Play the quarterback, <laughs> play the, play the quarterback that you have on your roster. No, yeah.
2: no so to, to me, to me, I'm, I'm excited that, that Hurst is playing as well. He's, he's really, he's doing well. And I'm excited for him. The thing is, Carson was doing this before he got hurt. He had his legs. He doesn't have any legs anymore. He doesn't run anymore. So obviously, you know, I'm excited. I'm excited. Um, you, you were right. I'm, I was wrong. You were right. And, uh, the thing is for me is just I know we can't talk about this today, but uh, if if Jalen takes him to the playoff and wins the Super Bowl, do you do you keep Jalen as the starter? Absolutely, that's that's not even a question. You have a, a two hundred million dollar man over here. Hey, hey, what
0: did what did Herm say? Uh, hello, you play to win the game. You play <laughs> to win the game. Like I don't I, right now. Finances. If if I'm Doug Peterson, finances. Be damned! Throw it all out the window. No, I'm not putting you. the best lineup the out owner, there. right?
2: The owner. If you're the owner, who you? Pl- I'm playing the guy I pay. I'm yeah. guy I pay. Well, I'm, I'm you know,
0: playing the guy. Well, I'm sure you could probably wheel and deal and and, and trick the Chicago know. Bears who need a quarterback into like, hey, you want Carson Wentz? I'm sure he'll be great in Chicago, and I'm sure they'll fall for it, hook, line, and sinker. He
2: probably but, will because he yeah. has he actually has a receiving core over there.
0: Well, well, we'll see. But one thing I do know right now that the best quarterback for those Philadelphia Eagles and their playoff chances. It's the man that I predicted at the very beginning of the season. It's Jalen Hurts, went from Alabama to Oklahoma, and now he's doing his thing in the city where the love is brotherly. So we will see how things continue to unfold. And guys, I want to say this was a fun one this week. I really enjoyed it. And that's going to put a wrap on this Tuesday edition of the Ringer NFL show. Alongside Ryan Shazier and Kalen Jones, I'm Cole Wright. And as always, we're part of the Ringer Podcast Network, and you can follow us on Spotify or wherever. You get your podcast. You can also check us out at the Ringer NFL over on Twitter. And uh next coming up on Wednesday, it's the Ringer NFL show. It's Warren Sharp and Chris Vernon. As usual, some week fourteen thoughts, analytics, and some betting insights. Maybe they'll be going with the Philadelphia Eagles and Jalen Hurts. We'll see. Only time will tell. Have a good one, everybody.